You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. episode we'll be talking about crosby stills nash and young deja vu in the room i have rob hello ben hello and charlie and a half yeah (laughs) deja vu is the second album by the trio crosby stills and nash and their first as a quartet with neil young it was released on the 11th of march 1970 on atlantic records the producer or the members of the group and the genre is folk and folk rock and from the book lino porti Guerra. For their sophomore release, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young called upon the help of a fellow Buffalo Springfield alumni, Neil Young. The album took nearly 800 hours to record, and circumstances were less than auspicious. Crosby's girlfriend, Christine Hinton, had died in a car accident in September of 1969. He remained grief-stricken and took solace in heroin, cocaine, and booze abound during the recording. The four musicians squabbled, the moody Young was often absent, and Nash was forced to play Peacemaker. Somehow they created a masterpiece, one that encapsulates the spirit of American West Coast culture in the early 70s. Uh, Carry On is a shape-shifting beauty featuring spine-tingling harmonies, and is surely one of the best songs on the album, including Our House and Teach Your Children that demonstrate Nash's gift for simple, catchy melodies. Almost Cut My Hair is Crosby at his most anti-authoritarian, delivering a throaty vocal at odds with his trademark pure harmonies, and the, the majestic, sparse, helpless reflects Young's response to the wide open spaces of his Canadian homeland, while Country Girl is a stunning piece with an ambitious arrangement. With peerless vocals, dynamic musicianship, and top-notch songwriting, little wonder the album catapulted to number one in the U.S. All right, what do we think of Deja Vu? By the Crosby, the Stills, the Nash, and the Young. They, everyone was there. Everyone. <laughs> Gang's all here. <laughs> Gang's all here. I, I, this, this album definitely does have some classic tracks on it. The, the level of collaboration is cool, though I don't think that there's many tracks on this album where all of those guys are in the same room at the same time. Yeah, it feels a bit like a Beatles separation of and they all brought their songs to the table and maybe they you know collaborated on some but it does feel a bit like here's i could pick uh 
I thought it was really interesting from listening to the previous album, from going through these other Stephen Sills albums, I could pick each song, you know, which song oh, is who by does who. Oh, yes. Absolutely. And it's very, very obvious when you start listening to the group of, this is a Graham Nash song. This is a, you know, Stephen Stills song. I I was surprised that I could, that it was so uh, different from song to song. However, I felt like they all kind of meshed in a in a weird way their their voices sound so good together you've got two southern california guys you've got a british guy and then neil young the whiny old man canadian even at like 30 and but they sing at the same time and it's almost got that like blood harmony thing when they sing together it just sounds like one thick voice and I think that's really cool. We're listening to Teach Your Children Well, or Teach Your Children right now, which, you know, a classic song. I never mm-hmm. knew. You know who's playing steel guitar? Fucking Jerry Garcia. It's Jerry I, Garcia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess he helped with some of the arrangements, too. That's um, cool. Yeah. Jerry it, Bear? It feels like the, sort of that communal feel we got with the band of, of this. Although only the band. Which is very strange because the is, band. It's a very different situation. Yeah. Yeah. It, exactly. They were. They were like a band. They were a band. And they, and were, they were all in the same room at the same time. Yeah, and very cordial to each other. This is, feels like a, a strange... Well, you know, and understandably so, because all four of these members are working on a solo album that will come out in a few months. Yeah. You know? And it just... And, like, so... Like, one of the guys would go in and, like, hear what had been recorded and lay down their harmony over the top, and it just kind of, like, went like that. They They... I think there's very few times that they were all there recording at the same time. You, know, it, it, you got a lot of you got a lot of ego, and also you got a lot of busy schedules. And also, yeah. you got Joni Mitchell. She's there. She's yeah. hanging out. And a lot of cocaine. And, and a lot of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eight hundred hours is that's so many reported. hours. That's what you get when only one person's there at a time. <laughs> I can so there's ten songs. Break that out. I mean, I don't know how to put that into context though. Like, how two, long does it, it take to do an album? Two two work weeks per let's, song. Let's is put what it this way: down to. Black Sabbath did their album in less than a day. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they th- and they thought that that was way too much time. They didn't know why they booked a whole day. Wait, really? Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait. The first Black Sabbath oh, album. Okay. Black Sabbath. Like, they, they, just, they just showed up, plugged in, and did played it, it live. Did it live. Wow. And then and they did it, some overdubs later, but they literally like recorded the whole thing. I mean, the whole thing, I guess, took like 20 hours total. Soup to nuts. A normal... What would you say a normal album takes to record? What is normal anymore? Yeah, it's true. It depends on what era, too, you're talking about with you know being able to punch in or... Or have to record things live, but let's just say. I think the most I've like, what's the most time you've ever taken in a studio? Oh, um, none. Like it's so little. Like time. I, th- I think a week. Yeah, but five, five, five days. That's but like ten hours days. Yeah, but yeah. if Adam were here, he usually says a day per song, and that's just recording. Mm-hmm. So if you think, uh, in in the time it could be like ten hours or something like that. So let's just say ten hours per song, depending on the song too. And like this to, breaks down to eighty hours per song. So exactly, yeah. or you could a, say a like two, two 40 hour work weeks per song. Yeah, 
Uh, now there are some <laughs> some other tracks. You know, when we got into Simon Garfunkel, like I believe Punky's Dilemma took like a hundred hours or something crazy. Like it was that math doesn't even add up. So insane. Like huh. eight hundred hours. Yeah. Like when did they start this? <laughs> in like, in so, like sixty-seven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, they don't have other jobs. Yeah. And. If they started in 69 in, like, September, I and guess. Also, if they've got Oh, shit, 24... they still have to press the record, though. Fuck, when did this start to get recorded? If they've got 24-hour access to a studio, which they could because they could afford it, and the members okay. of the band are just coming in, doing their own parts whenever they can... Just for context, it usually... I, I just looked it up. It usually on Wikipedia will say, started recording this week, ended, you know, two weeks later or two months later. Yeah. It literally says 1969 of July to January 1970. Okay, so it's six months. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess the record company had the clout to be like, get this fucking pressed! And it was released. Yeah. And then it went septuple platinum. Jesus yeah. Christ. So, you know... Wow, I heard they 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 they, 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 they did the right thing. <laughs> they made their money. The, the previous album was February to March of 1969. So, yeah, it's it's a long time. Is it worth it? A couple it, the, classic tracks. Some classic tracks. I really like. I don't the I, Graham Nash song "Our House." I don't think it's worth right, 800 too. hours. Yeah. If, yeah. That, if that's yeah, what yeah. you mean, no, no. Th- this is. The, this it's is California hours. <laughs> it, it's the definition of bloat at that oh, point in time. Yeah, like these yeah. people have these young young humans have too much money. Well, they're also doing their own drugs. albums. I mean, they. Yeah. No wonder people are getting confused about the timelines of when albums came out. Yeah. Uh, for, for the singles, they're, you know, their own solo albums because this album took forever to, to do. Dream comfort memory despair And in my mind I still need a place to go All my changes were there Blue, blue windows behind stars Yellow moon on the right Big birds flying across the sky Up until this week I thought that the song Helpless was on a Neil Young solo album. I didn't realize it was Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. I always just thought it was a Neil Young song. And now, I'm like, to know that this guy, to know that Neil Young is also at this point working on what would become after the gold rush, I'm actually, I, I'm surprised and impressed that he offered up a song as strong as Helpless to yeah. be on the group collaboration. Yeah. As I, opposed I to thought about that. that one, like, put that, like, I was I, wondering about that with like Graham Nash too, like some oh yeah. of those. We haven't gotten to to I haven't I haven't listened to his solo one yet, no. but yeah, the the two of the the two songs that Graham Nash put on this are two of my favorite songs on the record. Yeah, and I didn't 
Like, it makes sense. I really like the Hollies. I never knew how much songwriting in the Hollies Graham Nash did because they had kind of have that like, three frontman thing going on. But the songs that Graham Nash has been contributing to, like Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, like that guy knows how to write a melody and have a hook and you know, just like songcraft. Like, yeah. he's, he's got it. Yeah. Do you guys have a, a lit, like an order of like best to worst? For the members of the band yeah. or songs on the album, <laughs> either. But yeah. I was gonna say members of the band. I mean, I, I have mine I've definitely got, picked out. Stills can take a hike. I, I thought that too. <laughs> I, I listened because we were a little hard on Aww. the Stephen Stills solo, and I was like, oh, well, maybe that he just needs some, you know, some backing, or he needs some other players or whatever. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't well, really. He, he is find a his... he is a weak link in in this four piece. Yeah, it's strange. His it might not be that way when it doesn't have Neil Young in it, though. I I, I don't know. Without no. Neil Young, I didn't like his. Stephen his... Stills was the one bringing any kind of like grit or gravel to Crosby, Stills and Nash. But now you got Neil Young. Yeah. So. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> he can take a hike. Um, then I'd probably tell Crosby to go, you know, kick rocks, and then I'd be like, "What's up, Graham Nash?" Yeah. And then be like, Neil Young, you keep doing you. Yeah, that's exactly my order, too. Yeah. Are we all on the, we all have the same order? I think that I think that David Crosby is one of the I don't want to say best, but better sidemen of like if if you're gonna have a band, you want David Crosby in your band. He adds a lot to an iconic sound in any band that he's in. And I don't think he's a terrible songwriter, but I don't think I think when he's surrounded by like yeah, like Graham Nash and Neil Young, I think that like, his, his ass is showing a little bit. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, he definitely <laughs> gets taken down a, a peg or so. I don't, I don't dislike Almost Cut My Hair. I was going to say, I, I, you were talking about that uh, before you know we started listening to the album, and I was like, oh, am I really going to like this? And I, and I got into it, and I was like, here we go. This is going to be... No, not into it. And then I started getting. I was like, "Oh, actually, this song's pretty good." Yeah, it, I mean, the the lyrics are a little cheesy. I was gonna say the metaphor of long hair and anti-establishmentism is a little on the nose, <laughs> you know. When you make a mental picture of David Crosby in your it's just brain, Gallagher. My, my, mine is a combination of Gallagher and Captain Lou Albano. <laughs> it's like I can't disassociate those two people from each other. It's like. It's all the same fucking person. <laughs> there's a there's a scene that plays in my head that uh, I invented. But I just want I want some footage of this of just David Crosby attempting to buy a few watermelons to take <laughs> to, to take to a barbecue. Like, oh, uh, he's like, hey, I'm headed out to your barbecue. I'll be there in an hour. Can I bring anything? Oh, we've got plenty of beer, tons of meat on the grill. Can you pick up a couple of watermelons? He's like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> The third Gallagher twin is David Crosby. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, I do do you remember reading about how he said that uh, the lyrics are pretty silly? Maybe the dumbest lyrics he ever wrote is, is what he said about uh, For this almost, album? almost cut my hair. Uh, he was just like, I don't. He's like, whatever. He says that. I think yeah. Okay. He he was kind of just like he might have just been you know shit talking himself or. Or whatever, but uh, I also found it uh, when doing research. 
I had no idea that the Diane Arbus uh, boy holding a toy grenade in Central Park, which is a very iconic photo, you've probably seen it before, of this uh, skinny boy with, uh, I think he's got some sort of like overall button-ups, and he's got this manic expression on his face, and he's holding this toy gr grenade. Super famous photo. That was the inspiration for uh, uh, Teacher Children. Mm -hmm. Blew my mind, because, you know... I am a photographer. I love photographs and stuff. Obviously, Graham Nash does too. He has a yeah. huge collection of photos, but that just blew my mind. That is like two worlds coming together to, you know, when you get the background of some of these songs, it's like, yeah. wow, it's insane. Yeah, also, that, his uh, Our House. About Joni Mitchell. About Joni Mitchell and their cats in their yard mm -hmm. and they, the vase. They were dating at the time. Uh, and uh, uh, yeah, they just been driving through LA and they saw like a, like a cheap vase in an antique store window and Joni Mitchell bought it and they pull back to her house in Laurel Canyon and it's like raining out and Graham Nash is like, all right, I'm I'll light a fire. You can put some flowers in the vase that you just bought. And then it was like one of those like light bulbs. He's like, I'm going to sit down at the piano. Yeah. And it's such a pretty melody. And it's just about just such like a simple, nice, peaceful moment that you share with someone and just like it does, does such a good job of just like encapsulating like that feeling, you know? Yeah, they called it an ode to counterculture domestic bliss. Oh, nice. Yeah, I thought that was yeah, I thought that was really nice. It is very striking too when you hear those two songs because they're such a pop-oriented, like catchy melodies that these other songs sort of. Uh, sort of go over or something it's like the graham nash is like the beatles where these other guys are pulling in this sort of like uh yeah. west coast like folk rocky kind of stuff well graham, cool. graham nash was in a british invasion it, absolutely yeah <laughs> no well, i think makes it all sense, i guess it all kind of works said like American band and you're like North American band well, yeah. but not even that because you've got a British guy in there too yeah what the fuck <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> yeah it, it, Nor Northern it, Hemisphere yeah, band it said American band Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young they're only half American yeah wait a second yeah that is weird yeah huh though then you know which brings us to the point when we, were, when we were talking earlier about Neil Young where, yes, he was born in Canada, but he was living in America at the time. I'm sure all of these guys were homeowners in 
in in America. Oh, was. Yeah. So maybe on that technicality, American band, but they are an international band. All right, we're listening to Deja Vu right now. Let's get out of here. How about the song Four and Twenty not being about weed? What's up with with that? (laughs) Fucking stills, right? Come on, Steve. Get it together. I thought it was going to be about weed, but then it's just like an Abraham Lincoln way of saying how long ago something was. (laughs) Four score and several minutes ago. (laughs) Um... Ugh. No, I there's there's some really good songs on this record, but I'm never gonna go back to it. So hard, hard neutral. Okay. Um, it 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 not worth it. It's it grab a best of. Okay. Yeah. I am gonna go positive just based on Graham yeah. Graham Nash, Neil Young, and the 800 hours of work <laughs> they did, <laughs> and almost cut my hair was totally fine. Uh, the first part of Carry On is actually okay, but then it gets silly. Uh, but it's it's enough to overlook, and the melodies and the sort of like harmonies are are pretty tight. So yeah, it's it's good, and I like Neil Young and Graham Nash enough to I could definitely recommend. Does it belong in the book? Probably more than the other Septuple Platinum Crosby. Yeah, that's true. It, yeah. Well, is that what we're going off of? I we mean, can, we no, no, it, it, but it's very influential. I that mean, is a good huge. reason for, like, if, if no other reason, and I think there are other reasons. I think it has other yeah. merits. But that many copies distributed and sold and just existing in people's houses, it's notable. It's yeah. worth listening to before you die. Yeah, yeah. I can see it. So what do you think? I, I'm going to go positive on it. it. You know, it's not my favorite record, but I like, I like more than... I like at least half of these songs, probably more than half of these songs. And some of the songs of this album, I I really like. Like, I love Helpless. I, I love Our House. I really like uh, Teach Your Children. And like those three songs, like, I didn't realize that all of those songs were on this album. I didn't even realize all those songs were Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Like. Yeah, I honestly, I thought Teacher Children was a dead song because it was on that episode of Freaks and Geeks where she discovers American Beauty. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that episode. Yeah, it's like the last episode of the last, it's the last episode of the, se- of the series. Yeah. Uh, she gets on a bus and that song's played. I was like, oh, that must be off of American Beauty. Yeah, it's a pretty good song. <laughs> yeah, I always thought Helpless was Neil Young solo and I thought that Our House was just a Graham Nash tune. And to know that they're both on this record and they're Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, you know, cool. I'm giving it a positive. Cool. Yeah. Charles? Hey, it's fine. Yeah. I've been listening. You know, I didn't I didn't get a chance to, like, listen to this album thoroughly before. I listened to, like, a few songs, and I think it's fine. Yeah. I, I'm a little confused as to why it sold so many records, but I think I need to go back to the context of it. It, it was the first album? Yeah. Okay. That, that part makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So, essentially, yeah. they had... It's like the ever-evolving, you know, iteration of these very popular players where they had had their own popular band. Then they formed Crosby, Stills, Nash, which mm-hmm. was a supergroup that yep. sold tons. And now... And now they've added Neil Young. And yep. now it's no. the follow-up, which is very anticipated. It's one of the most anticipated uh, follow-up albums ever. It's all fine. Yeah. Why do and you think it's called... It. Oh, I guess there's a song titled Deja Vu. 
But I was wondering, like, are you implying that it sounds just like your old stuff? I was wondering <laughs> if that, too, if they were like, you know, it sounds just like what you really love. I feel like oh, I'm having deja, fucking deja, deja, vu. Deja, vu. deja vu all over again. It's strange that it's named after a David Crosby deep cut. Yeah. Honestly, after 800 hours, they're probably just like, color. Yeah. Right? yeah. You name it, Cross. Yeah. yeah. I'm okay. Going, I'm going home. I do find it really interesting, too, that they they are so orderly in the way that it's like, your song, your song. You know, they mm-hmm. split up the song so meticulously. It's like, Steven Sills is here, now Graham Nash, now this. And then the, the second side has like one of each of their songs, mm-hmm. pretty much. It's like... It's very strange how the order is. One Joni Mitchell song on the first side and one, like, Stephen Stills, Neil Young collaboration on the second side. Yeah. Yeah. I wish they had gone in band name order, though. Like, Crosby, Stills, Nash, (laughs) Young. Joni Mitchell. Crosby, Stills, Nash, Young. (laughs) But they didn't, unfortunately. Uh, Missed opportunity. No. I think think it They could have opened it up with Almost Cut My Hair. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) All right, next time we'll be talking about Black Sabbath Paranoid. (laughs) All right now. Thanks, y'all. Almost cut my hair. It happened just the other day. It was in my way